up, guys? Welcome to the Rob Bailey Show. Uh, today we have a special guest, a very special guest, triple special, uh, George Bryant's like Kobe Bryant, right? But can jump higher. But can jump higher? Yeah. Is that a proven fact? You can Google it. Can, remember, remember Austin did when he met me and he thought I was bullshitting and then he Googled it and he's like, wait, you really did tie the world record. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't just say that. You know what? I forgot about a lot of the things you told me um, originally because you overwhelmed me when we first met with information about yourself. Oh, yeah. Like you were like, oh, my legs exploded. And I was like, I was trying to process what my legs exploded meaning. <laughs> and then you were like, I jumped this high and I did this and I did this. And, and I was just like, oh, I'm going to need a moment because you've done everything. Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot to process, but I figure it's easier just to lead with all of it because yeah. then we're on a crystal clear path. Either you can stand me and we'll be friends, or like perfect opportunity to know that this. You is told what me you about get. barbecue. I did. I was like starving, waiting for my food, and I got hit with like, and it only took ten minutes, but it was like ten minutes of the highlight reel of your life. Oh yeah. And I was like, I don't. Is this dude real? <laughs> yeah. And then I spent four months waiting to find out that like you were full of shit yeah because that's what i do right yep i let people talk themselves up and i'm like oh yeah, yeah and then in the next four months i wait for that fucking full of shit and it never happened no no my goodness it was fun though it was fun i will i do remember that barbecue and we were eating with matt vincent so we ordered a lot of food yeah. but it, it was very very yummy yeah and also like i think the context of the intro mattered because we have mr matt who i feel like talked me up and then I was oh, like, Matt talked to you up too. And then I was like, wait, wait, what's going on? He's like, just come meet us for lunch. And I'm like, okay, yeah. like, sure. Cool. And I'm like, hi, I'm this random guy that's showing up at your office. Matt talked up. I, I love Matt. We've been friends for a long time. Yeah. So it was and fun. You jump higher than Kobe. I, I, what? Well, Is that actually true? Yeah. But I don't feel like it's, it, it's, it's good to say that anymore. Why? I feel like I need a better analogy. Like just, just rest in peace. But yeah. So just full, I, I'm only. Okay. I, well, it's not like I'm Ari Shafir and, you know, make a colorless joke. He can't. He can't jump There's, anymore. Well, no, no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> you were the one who wanted to keep taking the high road here, and then you just said that. Um, huh. No, but, like, he wouldn't be able to, like, challenge you. Because no. that's, like, very popular right now. Yeah. Like, Logan Paul wanting to fight fucking Tate guy or whatever. <laughs> the like, Andrew Tate guy. Right? Like... <laughs> Because you would do a podcast where you'd say, I can, I can jump higher. And then you'd be like, I challenge you. And then it'd be on some kind of weird makeshift pay-per-view. Yeah. You want to talk about the weirdness of the internet. Somehow, one day I open my phone and everything I see is Andrew Tate. So I saw, and that might be a good thing to talk about right now. Because the internet's obviously like, there's an algorithm. Uh, yeah. There's also a pay to play. Yep. And then there's also like putting out good content, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we need to acknowledge like all three. Yep. Is there a fourth one that I'm missing? Uh, no, those are the three. Okay, so pay, algorithm, content. Yep. And I think that like when you hit all three, you get there. How much do you think that man's paying right now? <laughs> because if you do like a simple search, because yeah. one day I was like, I want to, I saw him so much maybe, uh, whatever, four weeks ago. And I was like, oh, let me try to figure out how to follow him. But there's like 50 verified pages that are all him yep. and none of them are actually him. And my first thought was like, whoa, this is a fucking, this is a marketing plan. That's all it is. And it's, 
it's a lot more money driven. That dude, somebody's sinking a lot of money into that. Yeah. It's, so I got bored on a flight because okay. I went down this rabbit hole. Oh, I'm so excited. And I was right like, now. I got to fucking figure this out yeah. be- because the marketer in me is like, I got to know. So I started going through everything. And then he has this, um, he has this program like Hustlers University or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like some low entry, like 97 bucks a month. But on the back end, they're running like a recruitment MLM to where you post on his behalf and then they boost that content with his ad dollars. And so the people that join his platform will start posting about like Andrew Tate and then they'll run their ad dollars to boost their social. Like we used to whitelist with paid yeah. ads. And so he's got, I don't know, 15,000 people in there. And then they even like take the clips and they tell you like what to share. And then you get paid every time somebody joins under your link. And so then they are basically leveraging all of everybody else's owned media and then putting their ad dollars behind it because his accounts kept getting shut down. Wow. So that takes care of the algorithm. Yep. That takes care of the pay to play. Yep. And then his content is obviously aggressive, very aggressive. Um, which is almost like it's weird, but it's it's what the market wants right now. Yep. I almost said needs. The market doesn't need it. <laughs> no. But the market wants it. A lot like the market wants Liver King right now. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I saw, I like to pride myself on being like, I saw a Liver King. I think he had like 30 or 40,000 followers. And I was like, this dude's going to be somebody. Yep. Like this is, I think... Mean, you know, cause there's always that opposite reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So like when, when you're get, when you get pushed so like, I never really had a problem with vaccines. I was always like, Oh, I trust vaccines. And then when that came aboard and they started like really pushing on you, I was like, now I question everything. <laughs> yes. And I think that like liver King's the perfect dude for that. Yep. It's like, wait, so is 5g killing me? <laughs> liver King's like, yes, <laughs> electronics are killing you. Throw them in the trash out of your house, Yep. but keep your phone that you always upload on. That's I, I got it. You know what? I got to give it to him. Like the marketer in me, like studies these guys for I fun love him. and I love him. Love him. What I love is the commitment to the story. Mm-hmm. Like New York city, downtown Manhattan mm-hmm. shirtless, pulling a sled yeah. down like fifth Avenue and then goes into like the studios, same outfit, no yeah. shirt, no nothing. Yeah. And no matter where he goes, he's got bull testicles mm-hmm. and raw liver with a chef. That, like that dude is committed to the story. And I love it. I do too. And I, I think, so I went from like watching him thinking he was somewhat committed to like, okay, he's playing a character. I get it. Yep. And I think what happened was the character like started to work and he was like, no, this is who I am now. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. I, I do he's too. He's not promoting anything bad nope i don't think like it's crazy because like the all the chaos that he's promoting it's like oh this is all crazy stuff but when you actually break down to it it's like so he's telling us to sleep more get rid of like fake shit um be more in touch with the earth and your family yeah it's like he's it's all good stuff it's all good stuff it's i mean a lot of shock value but uh yeah dude the internet's like an interesting place right now it is i'm i'm really curious where it goes because right now i mm-hmm. feel like it's at like the pre-stages of armageddon but i'm enjoying the process of mm-hmm. watching this because like in my feed i'll get liver king then i'll get andrew tate and then i'll get nothing really of like value anymore yeah. it's all just monetizing attention and that's like everything right now and, and even everything we're seeing across the board companies and everything if, if you don't get the first three seconds you're not getting anything yeah so all the content 
is changing and there's some complicitness on the consumer's part because you said it earlier it's like what the market is like dictating i I don't even know what gets attention anymore because i i was on um i mean i know with my brands right Mm -hmm. and i've sort of set rules with flagner fail like no we know who we are we know what stories we tell and that's what we're going to do and even if it doesn't get the engagement like no we're still going to shoot uh a five minute behind the scenes video on frank and like what he's gone through in the last 15 years. Whatever. That was a dope video, by the like, way. Yeah. yeah, like we're going to do that no matter what. It doesn't matter if it doesn't drive sales. Who fucking cares? Yep. Like I'm not, we're not going to switch up what we're doing every four months for the algorithm. Like there was a point in time when I thought like, oh, we should start doing reels. We should start doing this and being fun and silly. It was like, no, no, no. I know what the brand is. Um, but even me, I was on a plane all day yesterday and scrolling and like, you know how you, I don't even know how I get these places on Instagram anymore. Yep. Um, I used to know, and now Instagram somehow inserts me into a different world. And I'm watching, and they're just like fight videos. I'm like, dude getting stabbed and fight. And it's like, this used to be exclusively on Worldstar, mm-hmm. where you would go to Worldstar, and you'd be like, I'm about to watch some crazy shit that's going to make my stomach upset. And now, like, I watch it. I'm like, yeah, old woman getting shot. And just like, and I see it. And literally, no spike in heart rate. No, nothing. I feel nothing. Mm-hmm. That's scary. It is scary. It is scary, and it's all by, it's all by design. Like it's I know. it's it, it's insane to me. But I I think too like I think there's a part where it's gonna level out because I think what businesses at least like the ones that I consult they don't realize that when you try to win the attention you lose the long game because you're doing it like the sacrifice of your brand equity of the deep relationships and it's it's focused on monetizing the attention. But I think people and we knew this you know 15 years ago 12 years ago when social really like started is it just because you can capture the attention doesn't mean it's going to do anything for your business yeah. you're really just deconditioning people and you're building a brand based on false numbers that aren't going to turn into customers but you're actually alienating all your core people yeah which is like what flag like which i fucking as i'm like a walking billboard Thanks. for your clothes right now um it's it's my uniform like just just I know, full I see disclosure your videos online it's just full disclosure it's my uniform and the more you acid wash like bleach yeah the more i'll wear okay i love that it's i tried it myself i failed epically yeah well we went through some failure processes too like the first time we did it um everyone came back and they're like hey we washed it and they all just tore to shreds and i was like what was the ratio of bleach they're like oh it was straight bleach when you left it on for a day and i was like yeah <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, I made that mistake. I'm thinking, no, I'll just, I'll just buy Rob's. But I, I, I think what, what really, really matters, like we talk about those three buckets of like, you have to make good content. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, you know, pay to be out there if you do that. But you also have that whole owned mm-hmm. and earned side of it. And I think too many people are investing in the attention yeah. without building the foundation. Yeah. And yeah, it's a slower process. Like virality, kind of an art, a little bit of science to it. But you also got to realize that a lot of people sacrifice like the core values that built their brand yeah. to try to get that attention without realizing the damage it does yeah. long term because it alienates everybody who's in. Yeah. And I think that that's like one of the big ones. And, and social media, I feel like used to be like half and half. You'd get like half the brand, half the value, half mm-hmm. the content. But now all you're seeing across the board is that shock and awe, that mm-hmm. that pattern interrupt. But I think people are giving way too much weight to it because there's plenty other avenues and plenty other places. And there's still a subset of social where people consume value, mm-hmm. but mostly everybody's algorithms are trained to not see it because yeah. they're just in the shock and awe. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm a massive proponent. Like you gotta, you gotta play on the field 
that like your business is on, but it doesn't mean you have to change your jersey or change your playbook. Okay. It means you have to invest deeper in your brand. It, it's not going to get the, you know, you're not going to get the, oh, I got a million views in a day because, you know, some shock and awe. But I think too many people underestimate the value of that like long-term, that like slow drip, mm -hmm. that brand equity, that, that movement piece. Like the reason that Flag and basically everything you and Dana touch works, the product's incredible, the story's incredible, but there's a movement mm -hmm. that's deeper than the clothing, right? That's deeper than the supplements. It's, it's someone's identity. Mm -hmm. And like that is where you get endowment forever because if you build on this attention, it's fleeting because the moment another shock and awe video comes on that's yeah. better than yours, they're gone. And there's nothing there to do with it. And so I, I think people are giving way too much credence to this like shock and awe hook, like how can I get it? And they're spending 80% of their time there, even though, you know, Pareto's principle, it's driving less than 20%. Mm -hmm. But if they spend the time building the relationships and doing the brand and helping people in the movement, then if you want to dabble in the pattern interrupt stuff, obviously within reason, uh, whatever fits for you, then at least you have a foundation and a home for people to stick into, you know, once that dopamine wears off or yeah. once they realize they feel like shit or that I can, I remember dude, like rotten.com, mm -hmm. like all those old school sites, there gets a point where you're like, I can't look at this shit anymore. I, yeah. I don't want to be a part of it. And if you have somewhere for somebody, a movement, a brand, a story, an ecosystem, a community, regardless of platform, you'll have a place for them to go. But if everything you do is just built on that, you know, shock off, pattern interrupt. I don't even know what the fuck I'm watching. Like I get looped up into the endless scroll, right? Like mm -hmm. all, my wife and kids were out of town. So I'm on the couch watching Ink Master and I'm like, and next thing you know, 90 minutes later, I've probably watched like 500 fucking reels. Yeah. And I, I feel like a shell of myself and I'm yeah. like, where, am, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Now I have a question about that. Cause I've been feeling that a lot recently. Yeah. And uh, so I just went away with Dana for four days, right? And I noticed that a few times where I'd just be on my phone and like I'd look up and she'd just be looking at me and like not even giving me like an attitude, but just like really we're sitting in fucking Cabo and you're just on your phone. I'm like, well, I went to look and see what real estate and then I ended up fuck. Yeah. Like I don't have an excuse, man. <laughs> I mean, what it comes down to is no, I just I lost eight minutes just now and I, I have no clue where it went. Um, now, I because I feel like you're like the all knowing with a lot of this stuff. Um <laughs> So I'm very curious as I age, because uh, I'm, I'm aware that I need to have an understanding. I'm trying to move um, all of my money to real estate, so I'll be fine. Yeah. But like, I also understand that I'm, I'm going to still be selling products and involved in business as I age. And I understand that you know, I, I'm having a harder and harder under time relating to 20-year-olds. So I feel that guilt, right? Like when I'm losing eight minutes or 15 minutes, whatever. Or even like, I watched fucking the D.B. Cooper. Oh, I watched thing. that too. It was great, right? <laughs> but Dana was out by the pool. And then she came in. She's like, what the fuck? Are you just going to watch Netflix? And I was like, well, it's hot. And you know what? Yeah, I don't know. I got stuck in front of the TV because I don't ever watch TV. So like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'll come outside. Like, she called me so many times on my bullshit. And I feel that guilt, mm -hmm. right? Like, you said you feel like a shell of yourself. Yep. Do you think these 20 year old kids, like, because we, we know before it yep, and we know that like, oh, I should be engaged in this, but that might be the only way that they see. Mm -hmm. So I'm, what I'm curious from your perspective is, uh, in the future from marketing perspective or how this is all going to work, where do you see that going in relation? Like, 
because I think there is that in our generation because we're generally the same age. Yeah. There is that like, like that's why I watched the season of Alone. Mm-hmm. And that's why I felt that connection, My right? My favorite show. Is because I was like, oh, I wonder how long I could stay in the woods without <laughs> all this stupid technology. But I don't think the younger generation feels that. Mm-mm. Because it's like, well, yeah, how would I feel without my legs? Like, yep. it's part of me. Yeah. And I, I think I think about Saltown. My daughter's 17, right? <laughs> yeah. so, so she's in it. She's in it. And what, what I what I've noticed just like, so the, the business marketing person in me and then like the father in me, like her friends fall into one of two buckets. They are either all in on their phone or they're all out. Right. Really? Like my daughter, uh, I, I think was born in the wrong lifetime and I thought it was isolated. But when I look at her friends, right? Like it'll be Friday night at like 11. And I'm like, where the fuck's my daughter? And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hiking Oberlin tonight or wow. I'm out doing whatever. I'm going okay. camping or I'm doing whatever. And it's interesting because a couple years ago when she was like 14, 15, it was Snapchat, everything, right? Yep. And most of her friends, they use Snapchat like texting. Yep. But what I've noticed is that she didn't like it. She felt so disconnected that she started going real life. So she uses Snapchat now to like just text with her friends. Like they take half selfies of their face and it's, I don't fucking get it. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the time, like her and her friends are literally like out. They're like, let's go out, let's go hunting, let's go fishing, let's go <coughs> camping. And then most of her other friend circle that like aren't into that stuff, they've, they've kind of like separated themselves out. And, and my fear, uh, my fear is knowing that the world that we live in from a marketing or business standpoint isn't going to get less consuming. It's going to get more consuming mm-hmm. with augmented reality and virtual reality. And, and I feel like there's going to be a massive line of demarcation. There's going to be half the world that thinks they want to live like Wally yeah. and they want to give up whatever illusion of like safety and autonomy they have for comfort. And then there's going to be this other half that realizes. And I think we have this perspective that like the phone and the internet, like it's not fucking real. Yeah. It, it doesn't exist. Like you, you get nothing out of it. And in marketing, it's really, really funny. Cause like one of the companies I own, uh, our, our subset of customers is 15 to 24. And then another one I own is 40 plus. And my company gel blaster gives me hope because like our tagline as a company is like, let's take it outside, like get outside. And it's interesting because if you asked me six months ago, I would have been like, we're fucked. Like we are genuinely fucked. Like people are just going to live on their phones. This is where we're going now. It's really, really interesting because one of the reasons our company is doing so well is because of all the organic buy-in that we're getting from people because they get to have this experience outside and they realize like what they're missing. And so what we're doing, is we want to bridge the gap. So like our five-year vision is to build Halo in real life to where you have our toy guns, Mm -hmm. but the augmented reality sets the field in your backyard and you can play with people all over the world, but you're outside and you're playing. We're already building the tech right now. All right. And it's incredible, but in the lens of marketing, uh, I am noticing things that are very different. Like when we look at social media or things like that, if we make anything more than 10 seconds in that company, nobody sees it. Like nobody engages with it. They don't do anything with it. They want these like quick hits of dopamine. Mm -hmm. But what I've also found though, is that once they're in, like once they fall in love with the brand or they like the movement, they'll watch everything. But, but what the game is really now down to is like, if you can win that attention, right? If you can get them to pause in that first three to five seconds, the way you're going to win is by having somewhere for them to go after that. And I think 
earlier, like what we were alluding to, is that the reason people are losing is because all they're focusing on is getting the attention, but not doing anything with it. And I understand how this game goes because we'll be scrolling and be like, fuck my life. I want my life back. Just like people will hit a threshold for how many times they can skip that endless scroll before they want something deeper. And I feel like innately as human beings, biologically, we're community creatures. Like we, we thrive off people. And I also think that people realize that, and, and more, more so now than I thought before, I think COVID was actually a gift for people to realize that the internet's not real. Yeah. But I think a lot of people have that yearning for like human connection and they'll remember the one or they'll remember the content or they'll remember the brand that had something deeper than just their attention. And that's what they'll go back to from a social trigger perspective. And so it will be really interesting to see. I mean, but we know Instagram's not going away. TikTok's not going away. Fucking Google's investing literally hundreds of millions of dollars to try to make shorts better now because they understand the power of the short content. And so the attention getting platforms and the mediums are not going away, but I think the way to win, and, and, and this is what gives me hope, is that if you're gonna play in that field, that's the field that exists, just have something deeper for people to go because I think innately, as the internet gets deeper, as people like literally, I mean, there's people in fucking you know, Asian countries that don't leave, they live in this like digital world. And I think that's going to end up being a small subset, but I think people are going to start wanting people and a lot of people are going to lose because all they did is they built their brand, they built their ethos, they built their everything on, you know, fuck Jerry moments and world star moments. And then when that, when that paradigm changes in whatever way it changes, there's going to be nowhere for them to go. And so I have hope because of my daughter Mm -hmm. and that's cool to hear. It's, it's interesting too, because like if I, prior to me owning part of gel blaster, I would have been like, Oh, that whole generation's fucked. Yeah. But we go to trade shows, we have people come out and, and we get so many messages from kids that are like playing outside. And like, I love this. Like, this is so much better than a video game. And yeah. I feel like one of the problems is, is that everybody's just accepted that like, that's where everything's going. Yeah. And there aren't another op- lot of options that exist, right? Like everything is now built on like getting on more video game platforms, getting on more endless scrolls. And there isn't really a big market of like, oh, well, you could go do this outside or you could go do this. And I feel like it's just a lack of choice right now Mm -hmm. because that's the only thing that they know to be true. And so one of the things that we're noticing, and this is why we're investing so heavily in it, is that it's not that people don't want to connect. It's that they don't know that they can because they're inundated with dopamine disconnection on your phone and there's no other avenue for them to take. And so all these experience-based things. Like we go back like, you know, eight to 10 years before like Instagram was up and Facebook was up. How did we sell our products? How did we get people in? We would create experiences. Mm -hmm. We'd go to trade shows, we'd go to events and now they're starting to come back. And I think the faster people realize that, you know, life happens and when you can create that connection point, you can then utilize social media. You can utilize basically the current addiction Mm -hmm. in the market to bridge that gap into a real world experience. And I think that that's where people are going to win. But I I think if everybody thinks that like, oh, it just exists on the internet or I'll just do it on this platform, that's where you're going to lose because I don't know what's going to happen. Right? Like who knows if TikTok's even going to be around for fucking 90 more days. Cause after Joe Rogan read their terms of service on his podcast, every media outlet picked it up. But I also think it's different markets. For sure. I think that like there's, yeah, I agree. First of all, I want to talk about everything you just said. Yeah, sure. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, and it, and it, and it felt really good to hear. Yeah. Um, and I completely agree. Yeah. 
I um, this is why we're friends. Yeah, we agree on almost everything. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything we don't agree Actually, on. Actually, I can't think of anything we don't Eventually, agree on Eventually, there's going to be something. And then we're going to fight in the street. <sighs> and you're going to, and you, when it's going to happen, is I'm going to swing at you and you're going to jump over, over me, me. Yep. and land behind me and then shove me on the ground. And I'm going to be like, damn, I can't fight this dude. But I feel but like I we should jump. plan it and then have Liver King narrate it. <laughs> and then we can have Andrew Tate do the breakdown. Oh my goodness. This is a pretty high-end production going on here. <sighs> you know? Jeez. Um, yeah, I think that the, the one thing that I worry about um, you know, like, yeah, is there's an element of no one gives a fuck anymore for sure. You know, because I think all those little hits, all those, like all that quick turn media, all that people are just like, eh. yeah. like I have so many friends that anytime I speak up or I'm like, you know, this isn't okay in America. And like, this is, and they're like, bro, who fucking cares? It doesn't totally, it doesn't fucking matter. And I think that with like, like, I don't want anyone to know every single website I'm on so they can use that against me in a, a marketing standpoint or anything like that. Like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I came through customs and like, you don't even hand them your passport anymore. They go like that and they take a photo. Yeah. Like Robert. And you're like, yup. And then you're just right through. And it's like, fuck. Yep. And then they did it to Dana and they're like, uh, what's your date of birth? And they're like, okay, got you. And it's like, oh, they're just building out their database. That's all they're doing. Like, holy shit. Like there was no, there's no anything. Nope. Ugh. And, and, and to think like that bothers me. And everybody else is like, oh, it's faster. It's great. Yeah. No, they, they literally, I have zero, I have nothing. What do I have now? Yep. They, they have my face memorized. They probably have my voice memorized. Like, yikes. What do you think about, because I think, I forget what show I was watching. Um, I was thinking about reality versus outside of reality, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that um, one of the things I'm, so one of the reasons I started a coaching group was you. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. You pushed me to do, I had, I had this like, all of my friends around me <laughs> we, were like, you yeah. have to start a coaching group. And I was like, oh, I don't want to. And you were like, it's so simple. I can break down what your coaching group should be in one hour. Yep. And I was like, that's, and you saying that gave me the thought like, well, maybe I should try to break down my, and I did it in like 15 minutes. Yep. I was like, oh my God, of course it would have taken you an hour. Cause we would have just bullshitted <laughs> we for five minutes and then done it in 15 that's minutes. That's how our meetings go. Yeah. yeah. And then Sean hit me up like the night before we were supposed to and FaceTime. He's like, start it, you fucking pussy. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but that's one of the reasons I started the coaching group because I think there's such a, it's easy to be soft, right? Yep. It's easy to be soft and, and it's easy not to have power Yep. because power takes work. Power is responsibility. Power is consequence. You know, there's a lot that comes with power. It's all the hard work. And then like to, to hold it really fucking matters. Yep. Right. Um, and all that responsibility is heavy. Right. Yep. Like, I mean, even thinking about the universe that I've created here, mm-hmm. like just like, yo, it's a, you want to get that door? It's a, um, it's a, it's a huge building. There's people here like blah, blah, blah. But like these people have kids. Yep. Um, they're, they have wives, they have husbands, they have car payments, they have, if they, if their kid has to get new shoes for basketball practice, like, and I send them home a day early because we don't have as much sales yep. to fill. Maybe it's harder to buy shoes, which creates more stress on a relationship, which then affects a child. So like, I realized that like, yeah, I've built, you know, I got lights and I've got fucking nine elevens and this building and all this shit. And like, I'm on the internet just saying whatever <laughs> I want. But like when I really step back and it's like, there, there's a lot of responsibility here yeah. and it, it can keep you up at night and it can stress you out and you can, you can fall into overanalyzing things. And I, I think what I, what I realized was life's 
hard. Yep. Life is hard and life is getting harder. Yep. Because you're inundated with options now. And I think that the options are just so aggressive and everything marketing and everyone's winning in crypto and winning in NFTs and winning. Like, I mean, how much time I spent thinking like, should I do an NFT? Everyone's telling me to do an NFT. And the answer all along was like, no. Yep. Knock it the fuck off. You shouldn't do an NFT. There's no reason. They're like, yeah, but you could you could do it to sell tickets or this one-time purchase or the Super Bowl did it. And then it's this collectible item. It's like, I can do a lot of things. I could do porn. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I fucking should, right? And I think in being in control of my universe and knowing what's at stake and knowing all the opportunity, it's a lot of shit to weigh out, right? Like yep. there's a lot of decision fatigue going on there. And I think that, that like that's for me. Yep. I could also retire. So like the stress isn't that great. But I think the stress for like a normal person, that's like, because when I was struggling and I went through my little, I was in the, my weird little spot where I was, I was tied up with a business and the guy was like taking advantage of me and not mm-hmm. paying me. I remember like not being able to fix my hot water heater and like seeing Dana have to go to the gym to take showers and crying because she was trying to prep and there wasn't enough time in the day and thinking to myself like, I can't even support what I have going on. I don't even have kids, you know, and thinking back there and like, then remembering the stuff that I did to get money Mm -hmm. because I only knew like three options to go get money. And I was like, I'll just do these three (laughs) options and I'll get money real quick. And it was like easy fucking money. And looking now it's like, okay, these, everyone, you have so many options and everyone's showing you all their wins. I can't even imagine having to sort through that mm-hmm. being like, I'm an extra $300. I should probably buy Bitcoin. Totally. Fuck. No. If you have $300 in your bank account, forget about fucking Bitcoin. Yes. Holy shit. But like, no one's telling you that nope. because everyone's trying to get you to buy Bitcoin. So their price goes up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the main reasons I started a coaching group is because I'm worried I'm getting back to that. I'm going to circle all the way back I around. It's going to I got all the open loops in right. my head. Don't worry. <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to try to close some of them because I just opened them all. So that's why I started the coaching group, right? Yep. Because I wanted, to, I wanted to help people get stronger. Yep. Because although I feel weak a lot of the times, I also know that I'm really fucking strong when it comes down to it. Like when mm-hmm. shit gets really bad, my head gets really, really clear. And that's when I feel really comfortable, right? And I know that a lot of people don't have that. When shit gets really, really hard, they don't get more clear. They get more scared and they, 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 it's harder to make decisions. So I wanted to help as much as I can, yep. right? Um, now, my big concern, I don't know why I prefaced it with that really long story, but my big concern is when they really start, because I've thought about this, mm-hmm. when they really start making those fucking suits that you put on the suit and you go in VR and like you're pretty much there. Yep. Because we've all done the thing when we when you get an itch, right? Or like your lower back itches on the train and you're like, it's just a fucking sensation. Let's work through this. And you sit there and you breathe into it and like you figure out how to deal with the itch on your back that you can't touch and then you get through it yep. because it's just a sensation. There's nothing back there. It's just a little tingle, right? They're going to be able to create that tingle in a suit, in VR, and all that effort to get the power, to get that responsibility, to get to that location, to be able to talk, to get to that female, whatever that is, 
is just going to be a fucking reset button of like, let's start a new life. I want to be in Hawaii with uh, three big booty hoes. Go. Mm-hmm. That's going to be hard for a lot of people to like not go to mm-hmm. because it takes no work. None. None. And I think that it's always been that way in life where there's okay. always been people to go check that box or get the easy answer, but we're living in a fast forward button mm. because we can see it so much more and we consume it so much more. So it's giving us illusion that it's different than it's been. But at the end of the day, it really boils down. And there's so many open loops that you made so many good points that I'm going to hit a few of them. Like number one, like we're talking about the burden of responsibility, right? Like I, like I, I call it the burden of leadership and burden doesn't mean a bad thing. It's like feeling the weight of the responsibility, yeah. right? There's always going to be leaders and there's always going to be followers. And that doesn't speak to anybody's self-worth. That just speaks to playing into your strengths and knowing them and being aware of them. And, and one of the things that, one of the most powerful things I did uh, when I walked away from my, my food blog, which is a whole nother podcast, but you know, I had this seven figure business. I had a million followers on social media, like on paper, every single thing was easy and I fucking hated it. I was depressed. I had attempted my life. My marriage was on the rocks and I never forget. I did, I made the decision to get rid of it and I didn't sell it. Like I gave it away and deleted all my social media overnight. I deleted a million followers. That was another big fun fact that I learned about you that I never really like processed. Yeah. And I looked it up. It's all real. Yeah. I yeah. just can't. I can't imagine being like, cause that's like, that's a powerful motherfucker. Yeah. Cause it looks like you just gave up. Yeah. Right. But that's no, it's not giving up. No. It's like the ultimate taking control. And like, that, and that was the thing. And like, when we talk about like a lot of the, the, the undertow of like what you're talking about is that simply put, you know, X amount of years later in therapy and plant medicines, I was deriving my identity based on how the outside world saw me, not who I really was. I had no fucking clue who I was. And I wasn't willing to do the work to find it because it was so much easier for everybody on Instagram to tell me who I was and to be this guy or to answer this question this way or to do whatever, but it cost me everything. And when I made that decision, I didn't make that decision because I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. And, and, and it was definitely not based in money because I basically put myself in the fucking hole. Yeah. Um, and my wife was eight months pregnant and I was like three weeks away from bankruptcy. But I got to a point where I knew that I would die that other way. Like yeah. if I just kept going, like I might not be dying in your eyes, but like I was just choosing a slow death because it was so misaligned and I couldn't do it anymore. And when I did that, I made a rule that I wasn't allowed to consume any content for a year. Nothing. No podcasts, no books. What is this? I never heard about this fun fact. Yeah, yeah. So I made a rule when I did it because I changed. So full story, I changed my phone number. What what year was this? This was 2015. Oh, my God. Yep. So let me soak this in. Yep. So... The business was great. So like just for context for everybody listening, I was a 22 week New York Times bestseller. I had the number one app in the world called Caveman Feast, featured by Apple's the top health app of 2015. I had about a million social media followers. I was getting about four and a half million people a month on my website. And I mean, I was at the tip top of that game. And the higher I got, the more miserable I got. Like I was just literally, I was a slave to everybody else but myself. Mm 
it wasn't who does like, who do I want to be today? It was like, who does the world need me to be to keep putting food on my family's table? And I luckily got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore, but it wasn't an overnight decision. This was 18 months. And I mean, I went down to Costa Rica. I spent seven days in silence and every time I sat, I was just met with the same thing. I was like, this thing is not me. It's fucking killing me. And my wife didn't want me to do it. Like every one of my friends told me I was a psycho and that's how I knew it was the right decision. And I can honestly say that I was 34 years old, 33 years old in my entire life. That was the first decision that I'd ever made. That was wholeheartedly just for me hmm. growing up in trauma and abuse and the Marine Corps and all that other stuff. Like I had no sense of identity. I was just who everybody else wanted me to be. I was the kid who came from homelessness to go be one of the best Marines. Well, in the Marine Corps, I was whoever they wanted me to get promoted to lead Marines. And when I got out, I became an entrepreneur and I did the same fucking thing. Mm -hmm. It was who does the world want me to be? And I was basically selling out every single day. And so the initial thought was I need a fucking reset and I need to be in real life. Mm -hmm. And I was petrified because all my money came from the internet. Everything I did, I didn't know who I was without the followers, without the traffic. And so I knew that nothing good was there. So I deleted it and I made a rule that I wasn't allowed to consume any content for a year. And I made one caveat that I could have 30 minutes a week, but it had to be intentional. Like if I needed to learn something or if I wanted to pick up a topic and then the process was simple. If I couldn't consume, I could only create. And that's what I did. And I would just go see people. I'd tell them what was going on. I ended up in rooms of friends and they're like, well, holy fuck. Well, can you help me with this? I'm like, sure. Can you help me with this? I'm like, sure. And I just kept putting myself into the real world. And I realized that, you know, 10 years of doing that, I developed a skill set that I didn't know existed about digital marketing media, but I kept that rule. And it was the hardest fucking thing ever because every time I wanted to disconnect, every time I wanted to numb out, every time I wanted a dopamine hit, I was met with one of two choices, either fucking sit with it or go create something different. And that was a big, big part of it. And it was the first time that I realized that I'd basically spent 33 years of my life in the passenger seat of my life. And I didn't even know how to drive my own car. Like I didn't know how to be like, well, this is what I want to do today. This is what would make me happy today. This is how I would love my wife today. This is what I would create today. I didn't know any of that. And it was fucking hard. I went through social media withdrawals for at least six months, like worse than my opiate addiction because I couldn't turn it off. Like there was this pit of depression and anxiety. Like the world is happening without me. Nobody knows what's happening in my life. And once I finally got to a point where I was like, oh, cause that's fucking normal. The world doesn't need to know what's yeah. happening in my life. Like I can take a shit without posting it on Instagram. Like mm -hmm. you don't need to know the amount of clarity that I got was mind blowing. It didn't get easy. It, it, it quite frankly was the opposite. It's simple but I was no longer deriving my identity from what everybody else wanted. Hmm. And so I was, I would wake up in the morning. I'm like, what do I feel like creating today? I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll make a video, right? Fuck it. I'll make this thing. And then I would just keep doing that consistently to the point where I actually get addicted to not consuming content. And so it ended up lasting for three years of no consuming any content. And I think at the end of it, I was about, um, an hour a week, I would allow myself no music with lyrics, no audiobooks, no nothing, unless it was intentional. And I truly, and this might sound crazy, but I truly believed that I was the byproduct of everybody else 
because all I did was tune into what everybody else wanted. Lyrics of songs, things in books, people's YouTube videos. And so I flexed that muscle hard. And uh, my friend, Jim Quick, I, I was sitting in his apartment with him. His, well, not his apartment, his fucking penthouse. But, um, you know, he was talking to one of my friends. And, you know, Jim says all the time, he's like, we think we're in control of our life, but we're operated by our subconscious and the computer and how it's programmed. And every single thing we do programs it. And I was like, oh, I'm listening to rap music of like, fuck my life and this is so hard yeah. and like country music my dog died my wife left me and all, like everything was just this constant programming of i'm going to relate to that and not know who yeah. i am yeah. and so then i just started creating and i just created and created and created and, and here's the craziest part if i didn't delete that social media if i didn't make that choice when I got called three weeks later, out of the blue, my friend Sean Stevens called, hey man, I'm doing a mastermind. It's at Jim's house, you wanna come up? I would have said no, because I would have been like, no, no, I got this shoot, I got the business to run, I got boom, 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 boom. I said yes. And there were 22 entrepreneurs in the room and they were badasses. Aubrey was there, Tucker Max was there. They were, they were all there and they were doing this intro. And everyone's like, all right, uh, everybody take a minute, tell everybody how your life is, how your business is, like, how are you feeling, right? And they're all going around and I'm like number 16. And I was like, I'm fucking miserable. I'm basically suicidal. I just walked away from my business. My wife is eight months pregnant and I'm losing like 40 grand a month and I have no fucking clue what to do and I don't even know where the fuck I'm here. <laughs> it's not funny, but I can picture totally. everyone saying, like on it just grossed $40 million this month. And it's like, everyone's just like crush, 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 crush. Yep. And then you're like, I'm not okay. Yeah. And here, <laughs> here was the most powerful part of all of that. Without skipping a beat, the next person just went and acknowledged nothing that I said. Nothing. Nobody said, oh, do you want to talk about it? nothing? Just like fucking pretended it didn't happen. And then they all went around the room and then it was like, I didn't share. Like it was the craziest fucking thing because it was just a minute of sharing. So nobody was going back and forth. Nobody was interacting. Huh. But you want to know what the crazy part is, is that I sat in the room and about four hours later, they started getting the content and they were talking about, I'll never forget Facebook and how Facebook's broken because the algorithm changed. Nobody yeah. can grow. Right. But the most beautiful thing for me is that like in that moment, I got to be myself and I was dead honest and it didn't matter what they said, but it kind of bought me this permission slip to just be authentic. And then no shit, somebody asked a question. I was like, that's a dumb answer. And they're like, well, what would you do? And I was like, give me the fucking marker. And I like mapped it out and they were like, what the fuck? And of the 22 people in the room, 20 of them hired me. I'd never been a consultant and they all came up to me and they're like, hey, uh, can, can you help my team with this? I'm like, yeah, when do you wanna book a call? And they're like, how much? I'm like, for what? And they're like, to pay you. I'm like, why would you pay me? And they're like, cause this is valuable. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not doing it for you. And they're like, you don't need to fucking do it for me. I have a team. I need them to know. And so like I accidentally became a consultant and it's only because I put myself in the room, but I was willing to be like radically fucking honest yeah. and an open thread in what you were talking about with like this, the, what I call the burden of leadership is that the number one secret is to be self-aware and integrously self-aware. There are big fucking holes in my game, mm -hmm. big holes in my game. I'm a horrible CEO because I will just keep on the vision and I will run people over until we get there. That's not good for morale. No. And so I have a CEO and I don't pretend to be one, right? And I know that like consistency on things I don't enjoy is not my strong suit. Like 
I won't let anyone near my calendar. And if more than two things are my calendar, I start to get fucking anxiety. I'm like, no, 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 I need freedom. Right. But the big part of this game is that like, for me, when I think about the burden of leadership, it's just this deep responsibility. Right. And it's, it, it is our responsibility to be aware, like to be aware of where our strengths are, where our shortcomings are, but it doesn't mean when we acknowledge the whole that there's anything bad and wrong with us. It just means that we have a choice. We can either go flex that muscle and say, I want to get better at it, or that's not a muscle that I ever want to work. Everybody loses when they ruminate on everything they're not. And then all it does is create a self-fulfilling prophecy because instead of taking one action to change it, we're just continuing to ruminate, which is making it true. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like the biggest part for me, because like you think about business, you think about social, you think about entrepreneurship. It's a guaranteed game that changes the rules every single day. That's it. And the only illusion that people create, they create this illusion of safety that like, oh, it worked on Instagram. It's going to work next week or it worked this one time. It's going to work next week. The faster you realize that it fucking breaks every day and your value as an entrepreneur is not in your ability to master a platform. It's to master yourself. So whatever platform changes or whatever rule is changed, that you have the confidence to try something until it works. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a big part of it. And so, yeah, I don't think everybody can is destined to be a leader. I think leadership's a choice, but you have to have the ability to really sit with shit. Like you and I have had some deep conversations and shit's been fucking hard, mm-hmm. but it's, it's our willingness to like be at that table and sit with it, not try to change it, not make it wrong. And sure as shit, not derive our identity and be like, oh, I'm having a rough day. Let me go invest in Bitcoin. It's to really integrously look at the field and be like, all right, cool. These are the plays that I have in my book. This is what I have in front of me. I'm not going to react to this. I'm going to choose how to respond. And then I'm going to have the fucking courage and the resiliency to see it all the way through, not to throw spaghetti at the wall and hope it sticks or put all my eggs in one basket. And in that lens, I think there is going to be a subset of people that fucking put on the suit and itch their back and get it scratched that way. But I feel like it's always been that way. People hitting the easy button. It's easier to get fast food. It's easier to not go to the gym. I mean, the lens has changed, but the core belief is the same. And I think that it's the people that are willing to take the chance and willing to stand for something different. That's always going to create that dichotomy or that, that yin and the yang and the balance, because I don't think it's any different, but I think every time somebody believes it's going to be that way, they're basically just advocating their choice to win. Because if you think that that's how it is and you believe it's going to be that way, then you might as well just fucking buy the AR suit now and sit in your chair. Right. But it's like anything that you touch or that you put your heart into, it doesn't fucking work because you're like, here's the playbook to launch flag nor fail. And I'm going to follow it to a T and it's going to work. You're like, here's an idea and I'm going to run with it. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to call an audible and I'm going to call as many fucking audibles as required until it works. Mm -hmm. And if we, extract our identity or our beliefs based on the amount of likes we get or what our friends tell us or what they say we should be. It's just a guaranteed lose-lose game. It's like cementing your fucking feet down and getting upset that you can't step. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And my buddy Alex Sharfin says it's the best to summarize entrepreneurship. And I butcher the shit out of it. But it's such a good idea. He's like, entrepreneurs give up their nine to five to go out into the future to create something that's never been created before and then have the courage to come back today and build it. And like with your coaching, like I love your fucking getting clarity on your coaching where you're helping people with like, what we have to understand is that this is a game where the rules change every day Mm -hmm. 
And the only guarantee is you're going to lose. Yeah. It just matters that when you lose, you extract a lesson, you don't repeat the behavior and you try something again. Like this is a game of attrition. Mm -hmm. It's a game of reps. And the more you practice it, the better you get. And I got stuck for so long trying to do it the perfect way or do it the right way or how everybody thought I should, or that's how they did a funnel or that's the course that they made. And all I would do was create the same results they had and it never broke through it because you can't copy somebody else's shit. It has to be original. That's your unique gift. And so now I'm just like, fuck it. If I have an idea, let's go. If it breaks, it breaks. If it works, it works. But I think too many people get comfortable in this illusion of safety, like the right amount of evidence or the right amount of information or the perfect funnel or the perfect blank is going to show up. And it's not. Mm -hmm. And every day you choose that, you're just delaying your success. But if you're like, today is the day I'm going to do fucking one thing. If all I can do is stop watching DB Cooper alone, but I'm already caught up on alone. Um, and in this moment, I'm fucking riddled with anxiety. I'm addicted to my phone. I can't get off Instagram and stop and be like, well, what's one fucking thing that guarantees I'll be one step closer to my goal? Yeah. It's a 10 minute walk. It's a fucking writing in your journal. It's, you know, ripping a t-shirt apart and acid washing it. It's live streaming yourself in your fucking warehouse for mm -hmm. 24 hours as you pack boxes. Like it's this constant thing of just chasing or pursuing something different. And I think that that's the biggest part. And, and, and I'm saying this to everybody because you, you alluded to this, but it is true. There is a fucking responsibility. There's a massive one. There's a massive one. There are people's families on the line. There are their kids on the line. There are their payrolls on the line. But with that, you also can't hate the game that helps you achieve that goal. No. And hating the game is like, oh, it's so hard. Instagram's changing. It's not working. Shut the fuck up. Nowhere else in the history of our life have we ever had free fucking marketing like we have now. And you're going to get pissed that the guys only make their money when you're addicted <laughs> to the platform or making it harder for you. Uh -huh. Fuck off. Go try to invest that in a billboard and let me know how it works for your business. You sound very Dana-esque with when people are like, oh, I'm doing fucking cardio prep week. She's like, you don't have to compete. Mm -hmm. You chose to be a bodybuilder. And now you're bitching about the fucking diet and bitching about training and bitching about being depleted. Like literally you, you don't have to do this, Yep. but like it's, you, 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 you need to realize that you're in the game. Yeah. And I think, and the reason like to, to pull this back when we think about, and I'm going to put this to marketing for everybody listening. When we think about marketing, my definition of marketing is a two way value-based long-term relationship, right? That's it. And you can extract from that what you want, right? But I think people have this disillusion of what relationships actually are. Mm -hmm. And like, I think about our relationship. There's seasons where we'll text every day for a week. Yeah. There's seasons where I'll see you almost every other day for two weeks. Yep. And then there'll be three months where we're both on the road, we're slammed, we're not texting, we're not talking. And the moment we come back together. That's what this one was. That's exactly what like, this I is. I haven't seen you in three months and we haven't spoken three months. No. And like my excuse to talk to you was like, well, what if... We what do if I asked him to do a podcast and then at least we could talk, right? Yeah. And then I feel like through osmosis because Lindsay and Dana, I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm still, we're still good. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have. I did the same thing. I was like, well, Lindsay and Dana are talking. So that's sort of like, yeah, this. yeah. It's the same thing. But I, I think in understanding that, like when you understand at the core of what it is, I think a lot of people lose in marketing because they have a misrepresentation of what it is. Right. And at the end of the day, even when AI comes in, even when machine learning comes in, like I'll, I'll for sure say this right now. I don't foresee any point in my life 
in the next 30 years where I would willingly let AI make a credit card purchase on my behalf. Or I would literally let AI decide if like that's a good school for my son to go to. Like there's a part of human autonomy that I believe that no matter how good it gets, there's this level of control. I'm trying to think if you're doing that already somehow. Like I want to like be that guy. It's like, well, what about this? I know, but that's 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 more of like some of your audience. Mine doesn't play that way. Subscription based or you're some, yeah, but like something sort of already where decisions are being made for you. Yeah, for sure. But what I think I think what most people don't understand is the value of human input. Okay. Right. There's this part of like even if you wanted to live like Wally, there's a part of you that's choosing to live like Wally. That's autonomy, right? And we want those choices. And at the end of the day, human beings drive every decision, every single one of them. And if you understand that in the lens of marketing, you have to understand that in order for that to be effective, you can't transact. You have to build relationships, right? And I watch these people bitching and complaining and doing all of it. And they're like, oh, the algorithm's not working. You know, nobody's seeing my content. I'm like, well, 11 people commented and you didn't fucking respond. What do you want them to give you 240 more that won't comment? That was one thing. I uh, I watch all your shit. Yeah. I don't interact much on. Did you notice that? I do. Okay. I don't. I just don't. That's all right. I'm not. Whatever. Fuck it. I send you hearts on your stories. I know. That's I my. Know. That's, that's my way the of like. Of what I really. Do I'm like. I see. Stories. I see you, Rob. But you said something, and it's um. It's actually like, what, I realized I need to start doing with onward is, you were like, well, yeah, you get two comments, but you got 112 likes. Yep. If you did 112 sales today, would you be happy? And it's like, yes. Yep. And it's like, so if that, if your page that doesn't do anything right now and it's just a broadcasting page goes out and goes through the likes and comments, and dude, I did that one day. Yep. On on onward page, which is like onward runs on its own. Yep. It doesn't, you know, obviously things could make it work better, but it's just sort of just like cruising, right? And I went on the Onward page and I was like, all right, everyone that liked, I'm going to go just to their page real quick and comment on one of their top, their most recent three. So if it was like something, I'd throw a muscle up or be like, get it boy or like whatever. Right. And like the engagement was crazy. Yep. Yep. Like people were, cause it was like, oh, a brand's page came to my page and I have 300 followers and they wrote a king fucking crown under me hitting a PR on bench at 140 pounds. Yep. And they're like pumped, pumped, bro. And that's when I was like, oh, this is really easy. You just need to put in the work. You got to put in the work, right? Because because like at the end of the day, human beings only have three innate things that they really want to get off the Internet and in life in general. They want to feel seen, heard or respected. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. And we were talking earlier about like this attention game. Right. Well, I think what a lot of people fail to realize is that if I stood you in a room and you gave a 30 second talk based on your Instagram caption and 112 people gave you a standing ovation, you'd be fucking pumped. Yeah. You'd be pumped, right? But then we devalue that level of attention online where you'll post this thing and you'll get upset that only two people commented and 115 liked it. And my first question is like, well, what did you do to earn a comment? Probably nothing. Yeah. Because what is typically happening is like, oh, I think my content's so fucking good that everybody should just comment. And the truth is, is that they don't even know that that's in existence. But if you're playing in this dopamine game and you happen to be in somebody's drive-by field and they like your reel, what they're basically telling you is that even in the midst of that game, there was something about what you said, what you did, your brand, your essence, your ethos that they resonated with. Mm -hmm. And what they need is an invitation to build a relationship. Right. 
And it's not, there's no relationship in this fucking earth that works passively. Good luck trying to be a passive husband or a passive wife or a passive business partner. You will fucking lose. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, one of the things I teach people, I did this with the LA Clippers and it blew their fucking mind because they were getting like 300 comments on a post with like 2.1 million followers. So I took the social media team and I had them do that for one week. And a week later, they were getting 8,000 comments on a post. And so for everybody listening, it's really, really simple. If Even if you only have like fucking 55 Instagram followers, if you did a post and got two comments and got 13 likes, you respond to each one of those comments, letting them know that if they take the time to invest in a relationship with you, that you will at least see them. And they don't need much. They just want to feel seen, right? But then if you're like, oh, 13 people liked it, I say you have to earn that relationship. So go to their page and comment on one of their last things and not some bullshit, but like fill their bucket, Mm -hmm. right? And do that once or twice a week. You will be shocked at the amount of engagement that you get and the depth that you get. Because what you did is you just literally won on depth where everybody else is trying to compete on with. And then based on the algorithm, which is the funniest part about playing this game, is the moment that you engage and they engage back, your content is now going to be on the top of their feed over all the other stuff that they just liked. And when you start to do this, like when I decided to come back on social media, it was only like 19, 20 months ago. And the amount of people, all the haters, well, you're so good and you run all this business. Why do you only have 6,000 followers? Because that's all the fuck I want. But I get two to 300 DMs a day. And my team's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it's all based on relationships. And just, it's not even that like you have to build this codependent, I respond to everything that you do. It's that if you close that relationship in the very beginning or open it and set the paradigm that like, if you take the time to invest in me, I'll see you. Those people don't leave and they stay forever and they share your content and they do it. It's a relationships are like a weird thing. They are. Right? And the, the number game that you said, because I've been frustrated every once in a while because I'm at 300 and 70 ish thousand. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Which is like, I look at that number, I'm like, bah. Yeah. Like Keaton's at a million or uh, Dana's at two or whatever. I really think about it and I was like, 370,000 people. Yep. At one point in time, looked at my profile and said, I want to follow this fucking idiot. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. First of all, that's amazing. Now, where, where the relationship thing and the value of a, of a relationship really hit me hard was in um, Land and Ammo. When Land and Ammo, we released our songs, right? Fucking love that song. All of them. Because releasing it, I knew it wasn't going to do as good as my other music. Because mm-hmm. it's a different genre, right? Just a little bit. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it's fucking folk music with yeah, me yelling. It's so incredible. It's, like, it's it's a really interesting blend where like I don't fucking get you know whatever, and we talked a little bit about expectations. Yep. Uh, Jake and I and I was like I don't want to go in with expectations, and it was a week of it, and uh, I came out the other side and I'm not gonna name drop it all here, but I heard stories of like three or four different people showing my music to someone else and like who the person showing the music was I have immense respect for yep and then they're showing it to somebody who like is at the top of the top famous wise yep I'm like wait a second so I don't have the attention of relationships that don't matter but the quality of the relationships that are sharing my songs all of a sudden it's like I went back and I told Jake it doesn't just a matter of time yep 
I was like, it's these songs are getting shared, but the quality of people that are sharing these songs to each other and the, the amount of impact and reach that they have, yikes. Yeah. We're this let's just keep doing it, man. Yep. We're not gonna see it right now, right? Thousand percent. Learning the same thing with, with influencers and we, we just started picking up people for Flagner Fail. Yeah. You know who is our, our bests are the girls and the guys with fucking five thousand followers. Yeah. And the comments aren't even there. Yep. But it's the fucking DMs. Yep. It's they're responding to DMs. It yep. makes you feel real. The same reason, like when I reach out to a watch company, I, I wanna reach out to Koros and oh, Garmin. Yeah. Yep. Right? And I was between watches and I was gonna start running and they were like, Oh, you should get a fucking uh you should get a, a Garmin or you should get a Koros or blah, yep. blah, blah. and like reaching back and forth and both companies responded to me. Yep. And Koros tried a little bit better. Oh yeah. And they just, just, just an ounce better. And I was like, I'm buying, a, uh, that's what I'm getting. Bro. And I like, see you later, Garmin. I, this is like the simplest way to do it is that the easiest way to win is just to go one level deeper than the person before you. And it's not hard. Like here's a, here's another hack. Like everyone's like, my, my team would be like, we got 40 new followers yesterday. And then the next day we get 300 more. All I do is when somebody follows me, I shoot them a six second video on Instagram saying, Hey, there's a lot of people you'd be paying attention to. And I don't know why the fuck you chose me, but I do just want to say thank you. And then literally the next day, like six of their friends follow me because they told them about it. Yeah. Right. And I think that I think people really overvalue attention mm -hmm. and undervalue the relationships. And when we Say really one more time, people please. overvalue the attention and undervalue the relationships. And so when we think about it, even like marketing, we'll, we'll use science this one. Over 86% of marketing is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's only one of five reasons that somebody shares humor, credibility, education, social status, and controversy. And if you go scroll through social right now, everything you see shared is in one of those five buckets, humor, credibility, education, social status, and controversy, right? And so we have to understand that if we want people to share, we have to give them ammunition to share. Yeah. And if our ammunition is, oh, I'm going to run a broadcast channel that does nothing to help you do it. Nobody can talk about it. But the moment you create a relationship, maybe you're Rob Bailey. The amount of credibility and social status that comes with Rob Bailey sending me a DM in the comparison of that person's world is fucking huge, mm -hmm. right? When somebody sends me a DM and I'm like, oh no, I'll answer your question, do this, and it works for them, they're gonna go share that stat with six of their friends. Yeah. And then they're, I don't care if they say my name, I care that they remember who told them, yeah. right? And I think that people don't understand that. And, and the average consumer, in a 60 second conversation gives eight to 10 brand recommendations without even knowing it. The clothes they wear, the drink in their hair and their phone. Where'd you go to dinner last night? Oh, I went to Tupelo and the elk meatloaf was off last night. Right? Like it wasn't, I shouldn't say that. Sorry, Tupelo. Yeah, You're good. Say, a bruzo. A bruzo is great too. I, oh, mama Blanco's pissed me off the other day. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's We're out of fucking street corn. Those sons of well, bitches. luckily my, <laughs> my daughter is friends with the owner's daughter. Uh -huh. And so I literally, got home and bitch and I was like give me Malia's number <laughs> and I was what like was I wrong? need to text her 
So the other night I was out shooting all day in Ronan on Saturday. Uh, but one of our horses came back from the vet and I had to check her for colic. And, uh, so I got to the ranch at like nine 30 and I was fucking starving. So I'd shot 1800 rounds and in the last 12 hours. The only one yep. past nine 30 is Montana um, mama Blanco's. And so I called them. I said, Hey, I'd like to place a to go order for pickup. And they're like, we're too busy. We can't do that right now. I'm like it's very Montana right yep. now. And then I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, if I come in, how long's the wait? And they're like, there isn't a wait. You'll be able to sit down right away. And I was like, so I can come sit down at the table order. and order my food in a to-go box? And they're like, yeah. So I was like, all right, fine. I was fucking starving. So I drove there and I was like, hey, I tried to call the place a to-go order, uh, but they won't let me do it. So I need a table so you can box up. They're like, oh, we can do a to-go order for you. And I was like, nine minutes ago, somebody told me they couldn't. And they're like, well, something's changed. I'm like, what? I'm like, what's changed? And then I was like, no moss, give me my fucking quesadilla and let's yeah. just call it a night. But, but when like, there's a brand recommendation for you, um, but go to a Bruzo, go to Tupelo, you know, the normal ones. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, they're in Idaho, by the way, for everybody yeah, listening. Yeah, no one knows what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, right they're now. in Idaho. Um, but I really feel like everybody wants this collapsed measurement window of like having instant gratification. Yeah. Right. And I got to give props to Ryan Reynolds for this one. Um, he talked about something he teaches his kids. And I think a lot of actors have this is that, you know, they'll film a movie for seven months. It'll go into production and then they'll win an award for it two years later. And by default, they kind of have, oh, Matthew McConaughey is who talked about it. And I think entrepreneurships have this unhealthy relationship with gratification yeah. and feedback. And one of the reasons they lose is they measure their success based on the outcome rather than the input. And when we measure ourselves based on the input, right? The intentionality of building relationships, going that one step further, the truth is, is if you could measure the ripple, you could never even put into perspective how big it's actually gonna be mm -hmm. when you do this right consistently. And I send on average 100 to 150 video messages a day. It takes me about 12 minutes about 12 minutes because I use Instagram six seconds, six seconds, six seconds, six seconds. Now I don't have to, but when I have the time I invest in those relationships. And so when we think about it, it's like a part of our day is that we need to be deepening the relationships of the people that we have, right? You have to feed the children you have before you can adopt any new ones, right? So existing customers, existing followers, people who comment. But after that point, if you invest 20 minutes a day to go through people who liked your post, and comment and let them see you and do that twice a day, 90 days from now, your fucking world looks so different than anything you thought possible. And it's not a strategy and tactic. It's not something you have to create. It's the intentionality of time. And people on the receiving end know what it takes for an entrepreneur or somebody like us or anybody listening to take the time to comment. And that moves miles in their world. They become your biggest fans. They become your biggest referral machines and it gives them something to talk about you for and share. And of course, if your content's shit, you're screwed. So use yeah. relationships. But if your content's good on top of it, you'll see that person. And this happens to me all the time. I took the time to thank them for following. Well, in the next week I was tagged seven times in seven of my podcasts that yeah. they were sharing on their stories. Right. And I, and I think if we think about it in the real world scenario, and that's what I like to do for marketing. It's like, can you imagine if you had your business, if Flagner Fail was a brick and mortar store, you opened the door and all you did was stand on the curb and hold up a shirt. 
right? Like it would work to a point, but then imagine that anybody who came in your store and they asked you a question, you ignored them. them. You turned your head to the side. And you turned your head to the side. Yep. And you're like, oh fuck. And I'm like, but why do we do it on the internet when it's the same human being? Right. And so it's crazy to me that I get paid what I get paid to remind people to be decent human beings. But at the end of the day, it's the best fucking strategy and tactic you'll ever have. And it eliminates all the bullshit and all the templates and copywriter. I'm like, shut the fuck up. They're human beings. Like have a conversation, build a relationship with them. And for all you people like, well, this doesn't work. I've taken two supplement companies to a billion doing this. Yeah. 100% works. And it's crazy because in, in the world of like entrepreneurship at our level, it's the hardest fight that I fight. People like you're out of your mind. I can throw money at it. I'm like, oh yeah. How'd that work when your wife left you? It doesn't hit people like that. I do. If they're assholes, I do. Um, but I also get paid to be honest yourself right now, but like (laughs) that, that's the biggest part. And I think what ends up happening, not, I think I know is people like my shit's not working. My shit's not working. My shit's not working. And you ruminate on everything that's not working, but then the one person who could tell you what to do differently, you don't go build a relationship with, Mm -hmm. right? They're in your DMS. They're in your comments. They're in your people. And here's the funny part about it. If you build a relationship and you're like, you know what? My offer's not working. What could I create for you to buy? They'll fucking tell you 100% and then they'll turn around and pay you. And so it's that getting that reps in and getting that thing in, but getting it in with the people that are actually putting money in your bank account. Not the people whose content you're consuming to build their vision while yours waits. Yeah. Who'd have thought, man? Who would have thunk it? Who'd have thought it's that fucking simple? Every lesson that you've ever taught me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know. I fucking get it, man. It's For not sure. that complicated, but it's like, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's that fucking reminder, man. Yeah. All right. Last question. We're going to do another one of these because I, I want to talk do, more. We can do a hundred more. Okay, sweet. That's why I'm cutting it short right now. I'm I'm fully aware I'm cutting it short. Okay. But I'm fully aware that that gives me another episode with you. Yeah. If I had a key card, I'd be here more. We can't overwhelm. It's not like I need one. You don't even need a key card. You get in somehow. (laughs) It's one of your skill sets. You're like highest jumper in the world. Somehow get into Rob's building whenever I want. I I never even saw you pull in. I said to George here and then I opened the door and I heard you talking in Dana's office. Yeah. it's It's almost like relationships matter. Who'd have thought? Yeah. It's like when I send gifts to your employees in the mail and then they always let me in the door. It's, you know, it's that simple. It is. Just a little, a little gel blaster for them. And next thing you know, they're like, here's George, let him in. Yep. Um, all right. We talked a lot about technology. Yes. And we talked a lot about technology's effect and I don't want to get you in trouble. Oh, you won't. Okay. Well, I don't know what you're going to say yet. Um, but I was talking about, uh, the Unabomber mm-hmm. show on Netflix, that, that version of the Unabomber show. Okay. I haven't watched that one. Okay. Uh, it's very like, it makes you feel a little sorry for the Unabomber. Okay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really harp on that. He blew people up and they're like, their fingers are gone and like parents away from families. It's just sort of like, Oh, and then Susie was killed and, and more about like trying to find the Unabomber and really figuring out what his, uh, what his reasoning was. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's, there's, Part of it is his relationship with where he thinks technology is taking the world. Yep. And I watched that. I watched that fucking series. Uh, I don't know, four years ago, five, oh, okay. five, however long, a while ago, right? And I think now, thinking about, it, I'm like, I need to revisit that because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I always wonder about the John Connors in the world. Do you think the Unabomber was a John Connor? Just he didn't do his job very well. <laughs> That's my final question of the day. 
Um, I can't intelligently enough answer that question. <laughs> John Connor from the Terminator? Yeah. What other John Connor is there? Well, I don't know. I'm just if making sure there's fucking John Connor and you're someone other than the I, Terminator John Connor. That's I, a rough life. I think I think there's a I think there's something to be said in this though. Like I feel like I feel like technology can either be a tool or a weapon. Yep. But it really depends on who's wielding it and how. And I think that that's the more important conversation. It goes all the way back to the people that are going to willingly have that itch scratched or hit the button for the next girl or swipe right for the next one. And the people like, oh, I get that this is here. And if I choose to use it in that moment, I'll use it. But it's not my identity or where I get all my stuff. And, you know, I, I watch entrepreneurs and, and they fall into like one or two buckets. They either realize that their phone is the greatest fucking entrepreneurship yep. weapon in the world or their phone runs their life. Mm -hmm. Don't believe me? Take a screenshot of your screen time and send it to me in a DM and I'll find you all the money you want yep. when it comes to your business, right? And I, I think it's always going to come down to the intentionality of like how it's used. Like the gym can be a weapon or it can be a tool. Mm -hmm. People can overtrain, get rhabdo, beat the fuck out of themselves training correctly, or it can be a tool to accomplish I a goal. I wouldn't be talking to you without social media. Thousand percent. Right now. I love it. I, I love I, it. There's zero possibility. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, unless I was like somebody else in the Valley who stalked you, but, um, that's for another podcast. Yeah, but you made, wait, some, oh yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen, I never did see him in the first place. No, but he watches. Me. He watches man. Or he says he watches me. It's weird having a stalker. It's weird having, um, it's weird having a stalker that's on Joe Rogan three times a year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 for sure. It's like, don't you have better things to watch than me? Yeah. But I love them. But yeah. Andy, I love you, man. And, and yeah, it's, it's an incredible tool. And I, I think at the end of the day, like even coming all the way back to what we talked about, like feeling like a shell of myself, if I get wrapped yep. up into that thing, right? It's like when those moments happen, you have to find yourself again, whether that's a hard workout, cold therapy, a walk, a meditation, but we have to respond and choose how to drive our car every day. And that phone can kill you, but it can also make you a centimillionaire or a billionaire. Yep. But it really depends on your mindset when it's in your hand. And I get falling into it all the time. I mean, like I call up my daughter. I'm like, have you been taking a shit for 90 minutes? And she's like, no, I'm on, I'm on TikTok. I'm like, are your fucking legs numb? Like yeah. at this point, like I'm old, my sure legs fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so it's like just the intentionality of it. Like there's no perfect part of this game. I think it's the perfect pursuit of progress to where it's like, fuck. Okay, cool. You know what? I'm going to delete the app off my phone for a week, or yeah. I'm going to move audible into the spot of Instagram. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to make a rule that, you know what? I have to, uh, one of my favorite things now is my new methodologies. I have to earn the right to consume. And so I love listening to podcasts, right? Like I love consuming my friend's content, but now I put it as a barrier of entry. If I want to consume a podcast, I have to create two of my own. If I want to go scroll on social, I need to make three reels. If I want to go read something, I need to write something in my business first. And so now I make creation, the barrier of entry into my dopamine. I like it. And it also changes the relationship with my dopamine because I'm coming in like, oh, I accomplished this today or I did this already. And I'm not trying to find my identity in these things that are like outside of myself. And so I love the internet. I love social. I love the liver Kings. I love, I love all of it. And I really feel like it, we get to choose, is it a performance enhancing drug mm -hmm. <laughs> or is it the detriment to our success? Yeah. Jeez. All right. 
That's it. That's it. Two more Sweet. questions. Where do they find you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, easiest place, my podcast, uh, which is called The Mind of George. Our new website's up. It's dope. Oh, really? First website I'm proud of in the last 15 years. Oh my god. Um, uh, really good then. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. There's a lot of pink on it. Of Lots of pink. Um, no, the pink shoes are in the car. Where are the glasses? I know. For you? I, yeah. I knew there was pink. Um, so my podcast is called The Mind of George Show. It's on every single platform. Um, and then in in congruence to what I teach, I'll make it really easy for you. If you want to shoot me a DM on Instagram, you will do no work whatsoever. I will send you the top 10 podcasts. I'll send you the customer journey training, or I'll answer any one of your questions if I opened up any loop. Very true. And so shoot me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram is it's George Bryant. So I T S and then George Bryant, the it's is included because that realtor in Michigan, that's 80 won't give me the Instagram guys squatting on it, but it's George Bryant. But seriously, if, if I open any loops, if you have any questions, if you want to tell me I'm a kook, whatever, it fills my bucket the same, shoot me a DM on Instagram. And if I have a resource or support, I can send you in that direction. Awesome. And last question. So is he John Connor and just did a bad job? I think, I think, I think there's some potentiality to that. <sighs> my goodness. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you. And I'm going to have George back because George and I could talk for three more days. Um, but I'm hungry and that's how my life operates. When I get hungry, I stop things. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you.